Welcome to Practice Care with Carl White, the podcast where we help practice owners in healthcare know just enough about the business side to make good business decisions and keep their practices independent. Now our host, Carl. Most practices of of any size have to outsource something. Rarely does any practice do everything in-house themselves. And if you're outsourcing a service or more than one service, that means you got to find somebody good to outsource it to. Uh, And that's not always so easy to do, especially if you're doing, if you're trying to pick a service for the first time. First time is when most mistakes are made. My guest today helps a lot of his clients make better choices when they're outsourcing vendors. And he's going to share some of his tips with us. I'm Carl White, Principal at Mark Advisory Group, which is a healthcare marketing agency, and I'm also the host of Practice Care. The mission for both is the same, and that's to help private practice owners stay private. Not only is that what they want, but I really believe that care is better when the provider owns the practice and they have the most clinical freedom to make the decisions that they think are best for their patients. Unlike when somebody else owns the practice, whether it's a hospital, a health system, private equity, owners in faraway lands, whoever they may be, usually what they want starts to whisper into the provider's ear. And sometimes that can cause some kind of compromise in a clinical choice that the provider might want to make for the patient. So let's just help keep them all private and get rid of that, any kind of compromise to begin with. And my guest today is Tom Mahar. Tom has been a CPA in New York state for the past 37 years. And for the past 28, he's owned Practice First, which he bought back then. And he grew it about tenfold from a little over 600,000 in sales to a little over 6 million in sales. They specialize in revenue cycle management for physicians and laboratories, mainly in the Northeast and California. And their main product lines include billing, coding, accounts receivable, follow projects, credentialing, and enrollment. And it's pretty split between office and hospital-based practices. Tom, you clearly sound like a busy guy. I really appreciate you taking some time to come on Practice Care. Carl, thanks very much for having me. Yeah, so uh, I want to start where I start with every guest. We've got your bio. I just read it. But help us get to know you a bit better. How'd you arrive here? How'd you get into revenue cycle management of all things? Uh, yeah. I was curious about, you know, smart people could have made a lot of, you know, chosen a lot of paths. You chose this one. You know, why? Yes, it, it's funny, Carl. You know, I started my... Uh, uh, accounting career at a uh, large local CPA firm in the Buffalo area. And um, I kind of got, you know, slotted into their healthcare section and uh, did audits of nursing homes and hospitals and large medical practices for uh, for a few years. So uh, that was kind of my first taste of uh, the healthcare business. And uh, I got Took a job at our last client, uh, which was a uh, local hospital as a controller. And, um, you know, that was uh, basically the first uh, five, six years of my career. Right? I, I left healthcare for a while, got into mortgage banking and uh, a few other things. But uh, this opportunity came up through uh, another friend of mine that um, uh, actually took care of uh, all the accounting and tax stuff for this business. And uh, he was looking to sell it, and it happened to be good timing, and the two of us bought it together. And, and then I uh, bought him out about five years after that. So, you know, 28 years later, here we are. Yeah, the healthcare bug has bitten you. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So so let's get into it. So, you know, choosing uh, choosing to outsource something that you, you don't want to do yourself or that you, you 
don't want to do what it would take to do it yourself, bringing in the skill set, hiring the people, whatever it might be. So we're talking about outsourcing. And and let's just start with the, with the basics. So the first question is, what kind of what's a good process to go through? And, and part of your answer, I'm curious of, there's a good process and then there's where people kind of mess it up or you know shortcut or whatever. I'm curious like what the good process for you looks like and where do you see people most commonly messing up? Yeah, I, I really, Carol, that this is, um, you know, I, I'll kind of pose my answers, you know, really for any sort of an outsourced service for a medical practice or really any business, you know, as opposed to buying copy paper, uh, you know, that sort of a yeah. thing, more commodity based. Um, and really the, the mistakes can be made along a, a few different areas. Um, but, you know, the, the most important uh thing that I usually see where the mistakes are made are, are right at the beginning. Normally, um, you know, if, if you were looking to outsource billing because you had a problem, um, you, you have a current problem, they, you know, somebody wants to put the fire out immediately. They want to just find, they just want to find a solution that's better than they have. And, and a lot of times um, there are so many things that are missed if, if, if that's what's driving the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I would say that's probably the biggest area that, that, that that's a trouble area. So just kind of going too fast. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it, it's, uh, uh, it, it's really something that there are so many different components of, of, of this, uh, you know, obviously to try to find a, a vendor, maybe to, uh, you know, just walk you through a process that's going to help you. You don't have to vet maybe as, as hard as you do someone that's going to be, you know, being, that's going to perform that service for you directly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if they were to use a consultant to find, you know, a more, you know, to find a, uh, a billing company or a coding company or a credentialing company, you know, that consultant would bear a lot of that, you know, that heavy lifting, if you will, and avoid, help you avoid those mistakes. And I've, I've been in situations where I'm dealing directly with the potential client or with a consultant that is referring that client in and then does all of that uh, due diligence, if you will. So I hadn't thought of it this way before, but it makes sense. Are you suggesting that hiring a vendor uh, should be treated kind of sort of like as if you were going to hire an employee, like the same kind of vigilance, rigor, kind of sort of? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. I, I mean, <clears throat> I'd say I'd say it's close to equal. Um, you know, it, it can be a lot different based upon the employment laws in each each locale sure. state that you're in, of course, where it 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 becomes. Uh, a little bit more grave when you make a personnel error, but um, you know, it, you know, just for example, in outsourcing your 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 billing or your coding, um, I mean, if if you make a bad decision, um, you're probably going to find out pretty quickly, and then you're going to get into a situation where you know you're you're not going to recover the money that you should have been paid just because of timely filing issues and and things like that, because you got to let it play out for a little bit once you get started. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. So let's let's just put two scenarios side by side. You want to hire, you want to solve your billing problem. You're either mm-hmm. one choice is to hire a, an employee, and the other one is to find an outsourced, you know, provider of the same. Um, and they each showed up and they said, "We have 20 years of experience." If it was an employee scenario, you would still suit, do all sorts of vetting, right? You'd have a couple of interviews. You'd have them meet the team. You'd check their background. You you do all sorts of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Not that you can do every one of those steps for an outsource provider, but you can do a lot of those things, right? Are pretty similar. Um, yeah, and yet I'll, I'll, I'll bet you a fair number of people kind of shortchange those things. So the original question was, what process do you go through? Maybe the answer is, if you were to hire an employee instead, take that process and mimic it as, you know, I don't know about as much as you can, but grab the major sort of vigilance steps and do them anyway. Yeah, definitely. Right? You know, I think a lot of folks, what what a lot of folks do is, um, I mean, you know, the same as if you were going to, you know, hire somebody, I mean, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to interview more than one candidate. You know, you do yeah. the same when you're talking to a vendor. I mean, you know, the whole rule of thumb is, you know, get, you know, get three proposals, three quotes. Everybody usually thinks of that as it relates to price only. Um, yeah. I, I think it's a lot more important than the price, especially when you're buying a service, because uh, the consequences of, of making a bad decision can be can cost a heck of a lot more than the service itself. Yeah, it can. And, and you know, one of the things you kind of said earlier is when you go fast, just immediate relief from the pain, you, you know, it's usually luck if that immediate relief choice turns into long-term relief. Mm -hmm. um, but, but if you, if you go fast on a big choice, you could get lucky, but why would you put it to luck? You know? And, and what happens is, you know, a, a lot of times what happens is, is, you know, sometimes in folks business career, you know, you might get lucky the first time. And then the second time that you got to, you have to make that. Now decision. you're all full of yourself. You can do this. You don't get hurt right away necessarily, but maybe down the road you will. I mean, you know, the research portion of this is critical. You know, a, a lot yeah, of tell folks, me about that. Yeah. A lot of folks will, um, you know, in this business, they'll basically talk to their friends, their colleagues, um, people that may be in the same specialty or different specialties and ask them, who do you use and ask them, you know, ask them questions. Um, and, and that's a great place to start. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I mean, uh, you know, we don't have the yellow pages anymore. If you will, you got to mm -hmm. go to the internet and you got, and you have to search, you know, and, mm -hmm. and search locally and search, uh, regionally and nationally, I think is the best way to do it. You know, as far as, uh, one of the things that you have to be a little bit careful about is when you get a referral from, uh, you know, someone that, that might be using them now is that, you know, there's a couple of questions that you got to ask. And the first one is, is, you know, is there any, you know, is there any relationship that you have to the ownership or management of, of that vendor? You know, I mean, it, 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 you know, it doesn't mean that you don't want to do business with somebody's cousin that owns a, a, you know, an RCM company, but, you know, you should know that up front, um, it, you know, because, you know, maybe they're not being as impartial with their answers as uh, as they might. Oh, uh, so you mean if a colleague recommended me to outsource solution provider X, you're wondering, are you referring me because you think they're a really good fit? Or are you referring me because there's some... Or your other, relative. Uh, yeah, your relative or there's some other... Something that might cloud your judgment to say, no, I think they're a really good fit. Yeah, I mean, there can be uh, referral incentives, um, you know, mm -hmm. all that stuff. I mean, that's that's possible. I, I worry more, uh, not so much about referral incentives in this particular instance, but mm -hmm. more along the lines of referring to, you know, friends or family that um, may have started a business that, you know, need business, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to your point earlier, you should get more than one referral, you know, usually. Yeah. Um, more than one quote. So I, I would talk in general, 
you know, once you've established, you know, five or six vendors, I mean, then you have to go through a, you know, a phone call screening type of situation where, you know, you kind of see that you fit, mm-hmm. um, you know, that the philosophies are, are, are the same, that you have the same things that, uh, in mind, uh, you know, I can think of, uh, you know, if the provider asks a question, something like, are you going to collect every last penny for me that, that is out there? And, and, and the, uh, you know, the potential vendor says, well, you know, we, we do have, you know, we do employ small balance, you know, policies, and we would expect you to. And if you don't like that answer, then you don't want to use that vendor. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think that's a reasonable answer. Um, there's certainly a cost benefit analysis that goes down to sending patients, you know, statements for 56 cents, uh, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So cost more to collect it than to just let it yeah. go. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, you want to end up after you do the phone screen, you want to get three quotes and, um, you know, then you've got to evaluate those quotes and you've got to make sure that all of the services that you're, you know, that you don't assume that anything is being, you know, is going to be done. Um, because if it's not in the contract, once we get to the contract phase, you know, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it, it's on you. Yeah. And, so, you know, what, what, I mean, what, what's behind a lot of what you said was, if you need to, at some point, either you need to know what's important to me in service provider X in that area, whether it's marketing or, you know, billing revenue, like whatever it might be, an attorney, um, you have to have some idea. And if you don't, you're just, you're back to kind of guessing. So, I mean, one thing that I've told some people is if, if it's, it's, there's never a bad time to, you know, quote unquote, have a coffee with it, with an agency in some area, just kind of get to know them because you never know. You know, and just, and, and even that kind of discussion, you can become smarter about what's out there, what's important, how they think, so that if you ever want to make a change or you need to make a change or you're, the house is on fire, you're a bit smarter, but you got either, you got to know it or you have to trust somebody, you have to have somebody you trust who does know it, who can help you make a thoughtful choice. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, you know, it's a lot of times folks are just looking at the price when it comes in, you know, when they, mm-hmm. when they call quotes, they're just looking at price. And, you know, getting back to what you were saying, I mean, that's an excellent idea, Carl, to, um, you know, to just stay in contact. I mean, to have a network of people that you can rely on uh, or, you know, or, or go to in a pinch, even though you might not need that service right now. But uh, so, that, I mean, that's a great point. I didn't want to pass by that. But, you know, jumping back to, you know, evaluating quotes, um, you know, you want to make sure that everything's in there. Price is, you know, price is obviously important. Performance is more important, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and, and value, you know, everyone gets, uh, you know, kind of gets the, you know, I, I get that. I, I do it myself, you know, the collective eye roll when I hear the word value, you know. Yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't like using you know, that term. Yeah, what does it I mean, not mean, you know, it could be yeah, anything you wanted to. Yeah, and it's, it, 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 I mean, really what the way I interpret what that means is, is that, you know, when I'm, you know, when I'm trying to sell a service that some folks might think is commoditized, they might just think, well, you know, a back office service, whether it be accounting, bookkeeping, uh, you know, RCM type management is just back office. It's just a commodity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when the commodity has an impact on what you, you know, your bottom line is beyond what you're paying that vendor. In other words, you know, in an RCM situation, they're driving your cash flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 
I mean, it, it's, it, you know, the value, you know, the value proposition is, okay, I'm going to remove a headache. I don't have to worry about hiring in this area. I don't have to worry about turnover, um, which is, you know, a, you know, it's a big issue right now, you know, locally. And I've seen it really across the country where it, long before COVID, five, 10 years ago, a lot of medical billers went into medical coding, for example. Mm -hmm. And the reason they did it is they wanted to work from home. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's kind of become moot now, but a lot of them went and got coding certifications because, I mean, let's face it, I mean, uh, you know, demographically, a lot of folks that do billing type work and coding type work are young females of childbearing age and they have kids and they wanted to be available for their kids to get them on the bus and off the bus, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, so we've lost a lot of billers and the billers have kind of gotten to a point where they're getting close to retirement. We're not training a lot of new billers, hmm. you know, be, but it, I, I think I'm hopeful that that's going to change just because, um, you know, because now with the work from home protocol, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you can work from home anywhere. Much easier to yeah. gauge owners are doing from home than billers from, a, yeah. from an employee, employer standpoint. But from an employee standpoint, it doesn't matter as much. So, yeah. uh, you know, so that's kind of what I mean by value. It, it, it's it's you remove the headache. So yeah. you remove the headache of managing that process for a price that is close to me, what you're paying now or to outsource it or insource it. Yeah, you know, I just just this morning I was talking to a friend of mine. He does a fair amount of like website building work for us, and we were talking about this related issue. And he said, you know, there's this other way you could. He didn't say it this way. There's this other way you could buy these services, and that is you buy them and you'll spend less money. But essentially, you're on your like he didn't say this. You're on your own, right? So you have to fix things. And I said, I t I value the customer support. I like that. Even if there's one service in particular, I thought, you know, if I if I email them once a year with a question. It's probably a lot, but I like knowing it's there and it wasn't expensive anyway. And I always look for that because I never know. And I I don't right. want to spend an hour or two hours to try to figure it out myself, even if I could. I just want to call somebody and move on with my priorities. And so sure. value, it's very subjective. It's personal, but uh, it's worth thinking about what those things are. You were mentioned a couple of times, like getting to the sign in the contract stage. And, and uh, I've seen this. I've sent proposals to people with an agreement and I get it back like six seconds later signed. And I say two things to myself, thank you very much. And I know what's in it and I know it's honest, but you couldn't possibly have even skimmed this thing. So, you know, and, and by the way, one of them is a business associate agreement, which is, uh, which is something you gotta have in place to be HIPAA compliance, 12 pages and right. it's boring and I've tried to read it, but they didn't, you know? And so what are the steps you recommend, you know, people go through before they sign a contract? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's a, that, that's a good question, Carl. So, you know, for services that, uh, you know, for example, for, you know, for RCM type services, you know, there's a few things and, and really it can go to really almost any service and probably the, the most important thing from a, uh, you know, just a realistic standpoint is, you know, who's responsible for what? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there really should be a section in, the scope of services or into the body of the contract that just basically says who's responsible for what. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that, that just sounds so basic, but there are so many different steps in, in, a, in a billing relationship, for example. I mean, who, you know, who's going to be posting, you know, who's going to be posting the charges, who's going to be releasing the charges. You and know, you mean like not names, but like the client versus the agency. Right. That's yeah, is, exactly. right. Is anything falling yeah. through the cracks? Yes. Or, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Which party is going to be doing right. that? So, um, so the, it, it, and it's important from a couple different, uh, uh, you know, standpoints is that, you, you know, you've got to be able to figure out, well, how much time am I saving? You know, what don't I need to do anymore? You need to know mm-hmm. what all those things are. I'll give you an example. A, a simple example would be is, you know, at the end of the, at the end of the collection process, occasionally there's refunds that are due. You know, who's going to figure the refunds out? Is it going to be the billing company? Is it going to be the client? Are, mm-hmm. are you going to, is the client going to cut the check or am I going to cut the check? Mm-hmm. Who's going to approve it? Do, do I want to approve it? Um, you know, and, and you can go through that for every, you know, almost every single, uh, you know, phase of that, uh, uh, you know, of, of that process. Um, and, you know, that part is, that, that part is, is really significant. So you don't get off on the wrong foot. Mm-hmm. You know, with the vendor, and, the, and and if you're the, and if you're the, you know the, you, you know, on the other side, the same thing. So you mm-hmm. just want to, you know, you want to, you want to make sure that that gets off smoothly. So, you know, that's the biggest thing I think from the internal contract review. Um, you know, the other thing that I think is important from, uh, you know, from a RCM standpoint, revenue cycle management standpoint, is, uh, you know, what are what are the uh, you know, I would have performance measures inserted in the contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what, what what are you going to perform at? Um, and, and you know, there's two key metrics. I mean, you know, days in AR, which we can talk about a little bit later, and uh, you know, the uh, uh, you know days in AR, which is the number of days in accounts receivable from you know how long does it take you to get paid, and the other one is, you know, what are my accounts over 90 days, and how what per, you know the what percentage is that of the total of my accounts receivable so so that's uh you know what happens if you don't meet those metrics um Mm -hmm. so that's important uh the other thing that's important is the termination clause is how can i get out of the contract if if you know what are my options if you're not performing how long do you have to cure it um you know a lot of people will go in and sign two three-year contracts and they're kind of just locked in and the only way they get out is if somebody goes bankrupt or, you know, that's some sort of crazy thing. scenario, rare scenario. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, you want to make sure that you have an out. And finally, uh, always very important to have your counsel review, you know, you know, all the agreements and, and courses, the agreements. I mean, you, you aptly mentioned the HIPAA, HIPAA agreement yesterday and how people just sign there and don't realize what they're signing away. Um, and then there's also protections that you need in a regular uh, you know, performance type contract, like an RCM contract. Yeah. I know for me, uh, just to add one or two things, one is, is everything that we agreed you were going to do in this actual agreement, um, which means, you know, what, what we do is we have a, we have a walkthrough of, you know, here's the recommendations, here's what I propose that you do. And it's not an agreement yet. And we kind of agree on all that. And then I make sure that all gets in the agreement, but you should still check it because if I said I was going to do five things, but only four show up in the agreement, I made a mistake and I'm happy to be called out on it, but nobody's perfect. And then the other thing is at least read through the terms and just, if there's anything in there that you're like, what is that? What does that mean? Right. It's okay to ask. You should know what you're signing. I mean, you're probably signing. You're, if you're willing to outsource something to somebody else, then you are willing to pay probably a material amount of money to get something material done. Mm-hmm. And it's worth a little bit of time. Easy for us to say, you know, days are busy, but you know, the, the risks of kind of plowing through this quickly, we've, we've kind of brought, again, it's, it, it's luck. So, so yeah, you know, take, take your time. I mean, you'd read somebody's resume, right? You, you, you'd read their background checks, you'd put in some time. So even if you put in a little less time, put in some time, 
Mm-hmm. Um, how do you monitor performance? I mean, you kind of you kind of hinted at it, but um, like I could say, for us, at least for clients of a certain size, we have a monthly meeting. On the first week of the month, or starting up today, we go through how the month go. What mm-hmm. do you want to talk about? There's a check in, but what do you recommend? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's another thing that should be in the contract is you know what yeah. what are the reporting things and how you know you know qual not qualifications but the uh, requirements that the client has. What do they want to see and mm-hmm. uh, how often are we going to meet? You know, and is it going to be regularly, monthly, quarterly, weekly, whatever? So. I mean, yeah, that, those are those are great points. Um, you know, as far as performance goes, Carl. I mean, I mean, really, uh, like we talked about, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, is is the days in AR calculation. So a lot of folks will say, well, you know, the days in AR calculation it needs to be, you know, in an average of you know thirty three, twenty seven, whatever the number is. Mm-hmm. There are so many different ways to calculate days in AR that you really should get that straight first. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we use, uh, you know, typically what we'll use is we'll use the last three months sales for that portion of the equation mm-hmm. uh, rather than a full year. So you really should get that down first to make sure that you're dealing apples to apples. You can't just go to an accounting book and, and look that up. You can, but that yeah. might not be methodology that is the most pertinent in today's medical world. Let's yeah. Say. So, you first have to agree on, on, you know, how does the how does the formula work first, and then secondly, um, you, you know, double check the calculation every month. It's very easy to double check once you know what the formula is. True. And and then you know, really, it should be it should be tracked. They should be showing it every month for you so that you can watch it. And if it's above or below whatever the uh, agreed to number is, and if you fall below that number, or in this case, you know, more days in AR than was agreed to, you know, yeah. what are we going to do? How long are we going to wait for this to be remediated? Yeah. You know, if it's if it's 10% or 20% over, it's a little bit bigger of a problem than one or 2% over. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, obviously there's, you know, you have to have, you know, performance measures in the contract. And again, you know, may, you know maybe if you, if you miss the, if you miss the goal for, you know, uh, two consecutive months. I mean, you've got one more month to fix it, three consecutive months, and, you know, we can turn the contract. I was you just going to say, yeah, like you going back to reading it, think about, you know, what do I want these people to do? How do I know if they're doing it well? And if they're not, what are my options? So if you right. sign, you know, you said people sign two or three year agreements, uh, if that's locked in, um, even if they don't perform, it could be gnarly. In, in the marketing world, there's a number of like larger kind of marketing, co- we didn't say marketing agents, marketing companies, there's large marketing companies where um, you're going to sign for a year and you can get out, but you're still going to pay either everything you owe. If you, you know, if you quit halfway through the year, you still or some prorated amount. It's not so free and clear to, to get out. Um, so, you know, think about what if, what if you don't, how can I get out? Because who would stay? If there was an employee, you'll go back to the comparison who, who was just underperforming two, three months in a row and it wasn't getting any better, you'd have the talk, you'd have the warning, you'd have, you know, you'd, you'd move down the path of terminating, even if you hope you didn't have to in the end, but you got to have the same kind of flexibility, I would think. Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely true, Carl. And, and, you know, the, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, a lot of physicians, I mean, they're, they're, you know, when they go to school, they're, they're not trained on how to run a business. You know, and a no. lot of these things are learning. A lot of it's intuitive. And you learn it as you go along. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things that I see, the, the mistakes that I typically see are, are um, 
more errors of, of omission than commission. Mm -hmm. It's not having that conversation sooner with the employee. It's not having that conversation with the vendor and just getting annoyed about it. Yeah. Um, you know, that sort of a thing. So, yeah, th I mean, those are all valid points. Um, you know, the other, you know, to, to jump to the other KPI measure, it's, you know, how many, uh, how, how much, how much uh, do I have from a percentage basis in my over 90 days? And a lot of times I'll carve out the patient piece, depending on what the patient policy is for billing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't want to be held responsible for your poor patient policy and collection. Well, uh, yes. You know, it's funny in the marketing world, there's something similar. Once in a blue moon, I'll be asked um, how we get paid. And basically we charge, you know, an agreed amount of month, uh, amount of money every month. But I'll be asked, you know, would you be willing to be paid as like a percentage of the patients you bring in? And I always say no. And right. one of the reasons I give is, and I say this very diplomatically is, but in so many words, like if you screw up the phone calls, you know, what am I supposed to do? It's out of my control. Things that are out of my control, I couch it as I can't, you know, what competitors are doing. And if you guys are not good at kind of closing the deal when a patient calls or a prospective patient call, same thing. So you've got to stick with what is in your control. Yeah. Um, this is really interesting. I mean, I, you know, for me, the, the biggest, I never thought about it before, but the, but the biggest thing for me is have the mindset of, I'm hiring an employee. Carbon copy? No. But there's a discipline that I think automatically triggers for lots of people because, you know, on top of all the things providers didn't learn in school, um, we talk about they didn't learn marketing, they didn't learn, they didn't learn accounting, they didn't learn anything else, but they didn't learn HR either. They didn't learn how to hire. Hiring is hard. There are people who do it for a lifetime and only get mediocre because they're hiring strangers. You know, you're choosing strangers to do really important things for you. Um, it never gets, it gets easier with experience, but it's never crystal clear. Uh, but if you walk in with that mindset, I'm hiring somebody, there's a discipline that I'd like to think turns on for lots of people, which wouldn't otherwise. And maybe that's, maybe that's the start of making better decisions, you know? Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Is there anything you think I should have asked you that we should have talked about, but we didn't in this context? Um, I'd say probably, uh, um, you know, maybe, maybe that I didn't mention is, um, uh, you know, one of the, one of the best things to do is, I mean, everyone uses Google search now, you know what I mean? So that's a great way to find what's out there, you know, and mm -hmm. I think I kind of touched on that a little bit. Um, and really, you know, polling your, you know, polling your colleagues, I think is a good, uh, is a good way to do that too, but have good questions for them and ask them why, you know, not just because they, They've been in a relationship for 10 years and it, it's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that sort of a thing. Uh, the only other thing that I can think of is, uh, you know, evaluating, you know, in, the in a relationship, like a, like a billing relationship, how do I want to be charged? You know, a lot of folks will say, you know, when I talk to people, I'd say probably half my clients are some modified form of percentage of receipts because it's... Uh, uh, not not kosher to be charging percentage of receipts on any kind of Medicaid business. Um, okay, you know, so that's uh, you know that's a no no. So you got to charge, you know, you charge a percentage of receipts on everything else, um, and then a flat fee per encounter on that business. Mm -hmm. I say the other half of my business is everything is a flat fee per encounter, mm -hmm. um, and you know, uh, some people, despite you know, despite the fact that I'll kind of push for the latter. I'll push for the, you know, let's not do the percentage of receipts. It's 
it's uh it, you know it, there's it, it gets a little bit murky as to uh you, you know why we're you know why we're doing what we're doing and you know we we are agnostic on on our resources whether no matter how we charge so um, but a lot of people feel it keeps our skin in the game to get the money in if we're on a percentage. So yeah. I can't, I can't argue with that thought. Yeah. And, um, you know, one question that you can ask when you say, ask your colleagues, uh, one question you can ask that can get to a lot is if you had to do it all over again, would you choose them again now that right. you've been with them and, and boy, you know, you can get some really good and just ask the why the five whys, even if you ask three of the five, you'll, you'll get pretty far. Um, but it's a good way in like, you know, oh yeah, I choose them. Why? Because, well, their service is amazing or, you know, the, for whatever the reason. And that's all kind of good learning for, for you who, who haven't hired in that area yet. Um, I like that. So cool. The other question is, so we've caught somebody's attention. They've been thinking, oh, I need to outsource function X. And, you know, we just haven't done it for it before, for whatever reason, um, where would you recommend they start? Sometimes people get stuck at the starting line of just how to get started on something they've never done before or haven't done in a while. Where would you recommend? You know, again, I would, I, the first thing I would do is I would go to the internet. Okay. And I think you, you, you can just research questions, just start asking questions to Google and, you know, you'll get all sorts of, uh, you'll get all sorts of answers. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, you know, just going back to, uh, I mean, one of the things that's important is, is that, you know, the type of business that I like to do business with is, you know, uh, I like to ask folks, you know, you know, do you have a, uh, you know, what's your mission statement? Do you mm -hmm. have a, do you have a value statement? You know, what are they? Mm -hmm. share how you came up with it? Did you inherit it from the previous owner? Do you, you know, what do you yeah. believe? That sort of thing. So I, you mean I, asking that of a, of a potential vendor? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's uh, I think that that's critical. You want to make sure that you're aligned with the way that what you know what you think is important. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you know, personally, like that. yeah, that's uh, that's an important thing. I forgot to mention earlier. It's really we went through this process maybe uh, you know maybe about 15 years ago and established all of that. And uh, it wasn't just like okay, this is what I think. Yeah. Um, we got our management team together and we, you know, we went over this, you know, in five or six meetings over a, you know, a couple month period till we were all happy with what the answers mm -hmm. were. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it gets back to the criteria, what's important to you. And, you know, when you start researching, at least this is true for me, I'll research, you know, one vendor and they'll say A, B, C, and D. And I'll write that all down. That sounds important. And then when you're on your fourth or fifth, they say E, G, E, F, G, and H. I'm like, oh, now I got to go back to the first one and see what they say about it. But, you yeah. know, the 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 evaluation, I say, gets bigger before it gets smaller. But eventually, you've kind of got the universe, and now you start to narrow it down, and you're smarter about it along the way. And and uh, it's worth it, because remember, you're, you're, you've got three options. Hire an employee, outsource it, or do nothing. And if you're thinking about the first or the second one, do nothing's kind of running its course. So if you put all sorts of vigor into hiring an employee, I hope that you would then put at least, I don't know, 70% of that or whatever into choosing choosing a, a vendor instead. Um, I, that, that's To me, that's one of the biggest takeaways. Yeah, thanks, bro. Tom, we could go on all day. I say this to a lot of a lot of uh, guests because uh, it's just topics that I really enjoy and I think they're important to others. But uh, in the interest of more bite-sized advice for, for our listeners, uh, I will say thank you. Thank you again for coming on Practice Care, sharing what you know. Um, 
Tom Mahar, we're going to put all the contact information that you sent to us in the show notes for your episode so that anyone who wants to get a hold of you can do so. Uh, and a couple of points before we wrap up. First, if you're like Tom or I and you serve private practice owners, or if you are a private practice owner yourself, either way, if you've got some business experience on the business side of private practice that you think others would benefit from, we want you to come on Practice Care as soon as you can so that you can tell them about it. In the show notes for Tom's episode and every episode, there's a link, a couple of questions. Tell us what's on your mind so that we can get you scheduled as soon as possible. And finally, if you haven't done it yet, we have a new episode every week. Please subscribe to Practice Care. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on many other major podcast platforms. We're on YouTube. Uh, we're easy to find. Subscribe so that whenever each new episode drops, you'll get it right away and you can stay up to date. Thanks very much. And until next time. Thank you for listening to Practice Care with Carl White. Make sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss another episode. You can find our guest contact information in the show notes. Stay tuned for the next episode.